congratulations to Andrew Cogliano and Josh Manson for finally winning their Stanley Cup. And as for Corey Perry, oh buddy, the Ducks have paid you the past three seasons to lose in the Stanley Cup final each of those years. Oh buddy. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a new week of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade and thanking you for making this your first listen of the day. As a reminder, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. And this podcast is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. So, on today's podcast, we're going to talk all about the Stanley Cup final and all the former Ducks that were in it. That's just today's podcast. Now, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, Monday was a bit of a busy... Actually, sun, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday were all just busy days for me. I was pretty much off the grid for most of it, so I barely got to watch any of the Calder Cup final. And by the way, shout out to the Chicago Wolves on winning their Calder Cup. Didn't get to watch the game live on Sunday between the Lightning and the Colorado Avs. But yeah, that was the thing that happened. And even yesterday, I was busy. And that's the reason why I was secretly hoping it would go seven games. That way I could actually watch game seven. But hey, as it is, you know, those things happen. And Monday, well, Monday was the semifinal of the Memorial Cup. And the free time that I did have, I was like, I could either record a podcast or I could cover and talk about or at least watch, not really cover it at least watch Memorial Cup action with Mason McTavish. And I did that. So you're going to get a double dose of shows today on Tuesday. That's right, a double dose of shows. So we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup final, and then we're going to talk about the season officially coming to an end, which means we can officially talk about off-season moves. But let's talk about the Cup final. Colorado came away victorious in Game 6 at Tampa Bay. 2-1 to one was the final score. This was a low-scoring game, but this was also just a weird game between both sides. A lot of tension going on. A little bit of... Not fighting, but it was a little bit rough at times. There was also that bit of... <laughs> yeah, I, I did see the fireworks going off. That was really cool. But just seeing the atmosphere out there in Denver... Man... Everybody was just going to town out there in Denver. The fans were super excited. They were jazzed about this one. And they should be because this was their first Stanley Cup victory in over two decades. Yeah, first one in 21 years. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. The last time Colorado won was in 2001. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But talking about just the last couple of games in general, the refing left a bit to be desired on pretty much this entire series and even going back to game five when Tampa Bay won that one that was a weird game in Colorado um just a lot of not weird penalties but a a lot of weird plays this was one that I thought Colorado 
probably should have won. And I thought they were going to win it when Kel McCarr tied the game late in the third. And then Andre Palat does it again. And Tampa Bay staved off elimination again. And at that point, I thought, oh, this might go back for a game seven. I really, really thought that. Game six at Tampa Bay. Vasilevsky's there. And Tampa Bay just kind of imploded. You saw players yelling at the bench. You saw guys yelling in the locker room, doing something that they really should have no business doing because they just won two in a row. They're making excuses. They're making themselves out to be kind of the villain in this series. And that left much of the hockey world rejoicing. So just about the cup at large. Tampa Bay finally lost a cup final. This was their first series loss since getting swept out of the playoffs in 2019. They won in 2020, 2021. They had won 11 consecutive playoff series. And Colorado had to knock out the champs in order to win the whole thing. And as for Tampa Bay, you know what? Making three Stanley Cup final series in three years That is still a dynasty. I would consider it a dynasty. That's what Tampa Bay are right now. They won the President's Trophy in 19. They won the Cup in 20 and 21. Made the Cup Final in 22. They've won the East three years in a row. And the year before that, they won the President's Trophy. So they have been pretty dominant in the Eastern Conference the past four seasons. They're a dynasty. Those that might not say they're a dynasty in the NHL. They are certainly a dynasty in the Eastern Conference. So you know what? You've got to tip your cap to them. Colorado, this felt like a long time coming. Or as President Joe Biden would say, a comeback story. <laughs> Which I kind of laughed at. My only, The only way he could possibly say that is if he kept hearing... Oh, Colorado, they had 46 points. They were the worst team in the NHL a few years ago. Yeah, okay. Colorado was the worst team in the National Hockey League a few years ago. That's the only way, the only way you could say that Colorado was a quote-unquote comeback story. But in <laughs> it, it, was, it was weird to hear him say that. I'm like, really? Really, Joe? Come on, man. Come on. But nonetheless... Colorado has been one of the best teams in the NHL the past four seasons. Very deserving of the cup. And love to see those guys hoist the trophy. So that was cool to see. And they did it on the road, which once again meant that the Stanley Cup final was decided on the road again. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often these days where the winning team wins it at home. Just not that often. Tampa did it last year. Before that, the Kings did it. I mean, it's just not a common occurrence. But it was it was a tight series in general. All the games were pretty close, especially the last three games. You know, game four going to overtime. Game five, one goal a game. Game six, one goal a game. For the last three games, this was a close series where it really could have gone either way, especially that game four in Tampa. That one really could have gone either way, and it felt like a gut punch when Tampa lost game four. I thought that was it. I thought Colorado was going to win it in five. I truly thought that. When they blew game five, 
then I thought, okay, Tampa's got the edge now. They can win game six, and then all the pressure would be on Colorado. I did think that. So, got to give my hats off to both teams. A great way to end the series and a great way to end the season. I like when the season ends on tight games because it could have gone either way. And you know it was a good series. What would have made it better was if it had gone seven games. I think a lot of fans were hoping for that. But hey, most most fans of the league got what they wanted. They wanted to see Colorado finally ascend to the top. So once again, congrats to the Avs. All right, we're going to take a brief timeout and talk about the former Ducks here. Yeah, we're going to go all in on former Ducks, the last two segments of this podcast. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. And Bet Online remains the best spot for all your wagering information. They have the latest lines, odds, all that stuff. And it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all those events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts, and Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, Gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with JD Hernandez, and I got Zuri here to my right. Another four legged friend here who's here sometimes. So, yeah, say, say hi, Zuri. <laughs> Jesus line there. So you may notice a little bit of background noise on this podcast. Look, it's 100 degrees outside. It is really hot. We're in the middle of a heat wave. I just can't justify leaving at least the fan off while I'm recording. So a little bit of background noise there, but it's hot. That's just how it is. All right. Let's talk about the former Ducks, shall we? And we're going to start with the Colorado side because they were the victors they get the first dibs and let's start talking about Andrew Cogliano first because I I want to lead off with him because he has waited the longest out of everyone on that roster to win their first cup let's throw out some stats shall we first this gem of a stat from NHL PR NHL stats they do a good job so Andrew Cogliano has played 1,140 games. And Jack Johnson, yes, that Jack Johnson, former LA King, he played in 1,024 games. They became the 18th and 19th players in NHL history to win their first Stanley Cup after appearing in 1,000 career regular season games. Yeah, only 19 guys have won the cup after playing a thousand games. That seems like a long time for some guys, but there it is. So let's look at some of these guys on this list. We talked about Johnson. We talked about Cogliano, but some of the other guys on this list, Lanny McDonald, 1,111 games, Jay Bowmeister, 1,184 games, 
Rod Brandemore, he played in 1187. How about Luke? Luke Robitaille, 1205. Glenn Wesley, 1311. Dave Andrichuk, 1597. Two other names on this list that I, that I saved for last. Pat Verbeek, 1,225 games. Yes, the current Anaheim Ducks general manager. Played in 1,225 games, a lot of them out in Hartford, before finally winning his first cup with the Dallas Stars in 1999. And the longest wait. Remember how I mentioned the Colorado Avs and that this was their first cup in 21 years? Well, that one has a good memory for a lot of hockey fans in general, myself included, because I loved watching that final. 2001, Raymond Bork, 1,612 games after 22 years. Raymond Bork, I remember that call like it was yesterday. The great Gary Thorne calling it right there. And right when he says after 22 years, Ray Bork, and right as he says Bork, he lifts the cup up. Above his head, the perfect crescendo from Gary Thorne and and Ray Bork. That was really cool to see. So that was all the way back in 2001 with the Colorado Avs. And Cogs now joins that list. And what I love about that is Cogs was the third guy to receive the cup in that line. He could have been like fifth, sixth. No, you could have given it to a lot of other Colorado Avs players that have waited a long time. I mean, Landeskog, he's waited a few years. Eric Johnson has waited a few years. There, there could have been a slew of other guys. Darren Helm. But you know what? Man, talk about a guy that has really gone through it. And apparently Cogs gave a little bit of a speech before game six. And everybody listened to him. He kind of brought that team together and without him, they would not have won that cup. Without his stellar gameplay, they wouldn't have won the cup. Yes, I'm saying stellar gameplay. Cogs had a good playoff. He had a pretty decent final, too. As I mentioned on Friday, all four former Ducks scored in the Stanley Cup final. Cogs, Manson, Perry, Maroon, they all scored in the Cup final. Cogs still looks pretty good. And as he approaches, <laughs> I mean, he just turned 35 years old. He is really approaching the twilight of his career. Might he call it quits? I don't know if he's going to call it quits. But you know what? The long wait is over. That many years in the National Hockey League, 15 seasons. Oh, boy. Just, just great to see Cogs finally get one. I mean, I couldn't be happier for the guy. I mean, yes, he did leave the Dallas, and he was a shark briefly. But he was still a duck for eight seasons. And he was still a big part of that franchise through all those division titles. So he is just as much of a duck as anyone else. And you love to see it. Love to see Cogs finally get that trophy Good for him. Congrats to him on a very select list, might I add. And now I want to talk about 
Josh Manson. And the reason I bring him up next, actually, before we get to Josh Manson, just one more thing about Cogliano. He waited a number of years before getting the cup. Now, I'm not saying he's the caliber of some of these other players that have waited a while, but I talked about Ray Bork. Dominic Hasek, he waited a long time to finally get his cup with the Red Wings. How about the great Stevie Y waiting a long time? And you know who I'm going to end this list with because I just have to. Tamu Solani. Tamu Solani played for the Ducks, the Mighty Ducks, for a long time. Played with the Winnipeg Jets. Played in Colorado. Thought he could possibly win one in Colorado. Did not happen. He finally got his cup at 36 years old. Yeah. 36 years old. He finally won his cup in 2007. And I thought at the time that Solani could just go off and enjoy retirement and go out on top. Then he played seven more years. But we were happy to have... Tamu with the Ducks for as long as we did and another just great player that waited a long time and now Cogs is up there on that list all right Josh Manson (sighs) he finally got his cup after spending a number of years himself with the Anaheim Ducks in fact he spent almost eight seasons with the Ducks before being traded to the Colorado Avs yeah about that This was a rental. (laughs) He only played in 22 games and 20 playoff games. He did score 8 points in these playoffs. He had a good run at it. Actually, he had more than a good run at it. I would say he was one of their more vital players. He got that overtime winner. So he was important. He's a free agent. Let me repeat that. Josh Manson is a free agent. Last season... He was making about four and a half on the un, under four and a half million. So he was making pretty good money. Now that he's won a cup, will he get more money? Or will that age be a factor and maybe he'll have to settle for about four million? Look, I think he'll be happy with four million as long as it's a good term deal. And I've already seen some some agent or not agents, but I've already seen some official accounts saying yeah, Josh could probably get a three-year deal out of this. I think he could get a pretty solid deal. One saying as high as five per season. I don't think he's going to get a five per. I could see another four by four, though. That I could see easily. And if he wants to return to the Ducks, hey, they have money to spend. He could be a possible alternate captain or a future captain. Who knows? But... I would like to see Josh Matson come back. I think he's always been a vital part of the Ducks. He's always been a vital part of that team. And just the way that he composed himself during these playoffs and during that entire run, he has really grown as a player. I mean, eight points in the playoffs. That's really good. He's come a long way since being that younger guy in that 2016-2017 team. He's come a long way. I would welcome him back with open arms. And I think a lot of Ducks fans would feel the same way. And Josh Manson, after himself playing in almost 500 games, he finally got his cup. And maybe he could bring that cup experience back to Anaheim 
and lead the ducks to the promised land at some point soon. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission, but let me remind you that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. After the break, we're going to talk about Big Rig and Corey Perry. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And we're going to talk about the other two former Ducks that were in the Stanley Cup final. The losing side, as it were. Let's start, you know what, let's just go into it. Let's start with Corey Perry. You you knew we were going to go there, right? You knew it. Corey Perry... Almost went 15 years between cups. It looked like it could possibly happen. The last time Corey Perry won a Stanley Cup was way back in 2007 with Ryan Getzloff, might I add. Corey Perry would have had the longest wait between cups if they had won it this season. As it is, he made other history, which I, oh God, I still can't believe this. Corey Perry becomes the first player in NHL NHL history. Yeah, this is ridiculous. First player to lose three consecutive Stanley Cup final with three different teams. 2020 with Dallas. 2021 with the Canadiens. And this year with the Lightning. I know I jokingly said, Corey Perry said, you know what? I lost to them, may as well join. Or as Sarah Avampato would say, if you can't beat him, join him. Well, he tried that, and it almost worked, but not quite. So Corey Perry makes dubious history after not making what would have been awesome history. And (laughs) at this point, you got to feel a little bit bad for the guy. Yeah, just a little bit. The only reason fans don't feel too bad is because he is Corey Perry, because he is the warm, because he has won once before. So a lot of fans aren't exactly playing a violin for him. But there's still that slight bit, like just a tiny bit, where you feel bad because he has worked hard and he is still trying to get another cup and trying not to take it for granted and trying to be that team leader even though he is a bit of an instigator. He's trying. So you got to feel bad for him in that sense. In the other sense, yeah, it. I see the comedy in this. I'm not so blind that I can't see the hilarity in Corey Perry losing three cup finals in a row. It makes it easier because on the other side, Cogs and Manson won it. So that, that makes it easier for me. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean... Look, at least the two guys that had never won it did win it. And it's easier because Pears has won it before. But what makes it kind of hilarious is that the Anaheim Ducks are still paying Corey Perry to lose in the Stanley Cup final every season. Yep, remember that buyout? He was getting paid a lot of money to play for the Dallas Stars. He was getting paid about $6 million to play for the Habs. 
He got paid two million to play for the line. Oh, by the way, these are all Ducks figures. That's how much he was getting paid by the Ducks to play for the eventual Stanley Cup losing team. And Corey Perry has one more year left on his buyout. The Ducks owe him $2 million for just one more year, and he has one year left on his contract with Tampa Bay. And they are not going anywhere. They still have a very good core group of players. They are the reigning three-time Eastern Conference champion. They still have Andre Vasilevsky. He is still a very good goaltender. You got to knock out the champs first. They are still the Eastern Conference champions. So until they finally lose the Eastern Conference crown, they're still a dangerous team. And Corey Perry is going to be there for one more season. So who knows? Next season could be another shot for the Lightning to win the Cup. Who knows? They might lose another Stanley Cup after that. Oh, Paris. All right. What? Come on. You guys knew I was going to... You, you knew I was going to say this. You knew. I mean, Corey Perry is the butt of jokes for most of the NHL. He has been for a number of years. Even throughout all his years in Anaheim. Other fan bases, they hated him. They hated his guts. But you know what? You would hate him too if he pulled all that stuff. But I bet you wouldn't hate him if he was on your team. I heard the complaints from other fans. I heard the complaints from Dallas Stars fans because the Ducks would beat him a lot. And said, oh, we hate Corey Perry. We effing hate him. He's this and that. So and so. Yeah. Fans liked him better when he was with the Dallas Stars. Right? He was one of those guys that helped him to the cup final in 2020. They didn't hate him so much then, did they? Oh, Canadians fans. Oh, I don't know if we want Corey Perry. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it from the Locked on Habs hosts. Laura Saba, Scott Matla. When Corey Perry first came to Montreal, they had their doubts. And they even said, I don't know if we even want Corey Perry. And for most of the season, Laura Saba would badmouth him. Until the final podcast of the season where Laura finally said, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I love you, Corey Perry. He finally broke her down. And even Tampa fans, well, we beat him twice. We don't. Yeah. Then he comes to Tampa. And I saw all the memes. Well, he's either going to lose three in a row and he really is cursed. (laughs) Or he finally chased a ring and got it. Look. Maybe he is cursed. No, I'm kidding. He's not cursed. He's just unlucky. There's a difference between being unlucky and being cursed. The Chicago Cubs, they were cursed. The Boston Red Sox, they were cursed. Corey Perry, he's not cursed. He's not cursed. Just unlucky. And I got to talk about Big Rig. Pat Maroon, the other former duck, almost made history by winning his fourth consecutive Stanley Cup. The last time a play or the last time any player won four cups in a row was back in 1983 when several members of the New York Islanders won their fourth consecutive Stanley Cup. That's how long it's been since an individual player has won four in a row. He had a personal series streak Of 15, he won 15 consecutive series, the most also since 1983. So this is the most 
in 40 years. And Pat Maroon nearly got it. He nearly made history, but you know what? Kudos to him for making the final as often as he did. I mean, 15 consecutive series, that's nothing to laugh at. Three consecutive cups, that's nothing to laugh at. I'm sure he'll be fine winning three cups in his career, and he really enjoyed every minute of it. All right, that's going to do it for this particular podcast. We'll be back later with another podcast where we'll talk all about the start of the offseason. It is finally here. We can finally talk about all the possible movers and shakers in the offseason. Let's get silly, folks. All right, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And also, you could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. Thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Go ahead and make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together. <laughs>